Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Today is July 27th, 2020. It is the 136th day of the virus. And I'm going to read for you uh, what I found to be a hilarious uh, section of scripture, which I guarantee you I'm the first person to laugh uproariously at this passage. I'll explain. This is from Luke chapter 9. This section goes on to the transfiguration, which, of course, is very serious and all. Uh, yesterday in our podcast, we introduced Jesus, warned his disciples, I'm going to die. He gave them the who, what, when, where, why, and how of it. Uh, we also looked at the repeated. It's not the first time he's going to talk about it. Uh, he's even going to talk about it today. And then uh, the passage reads this morning. We're just going to do four verses This is from Luke chapter 9, verse 28. About eight days later after these things, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which... He was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Lord, help us with this passage. Okay, so the first thing that happens is that Jesus picks a prayer team. So this is what I found just hilarious about this. When So let's say you have the disciples and Jesus and you're going to pick people for your prayer team. Well, who's your first pick? Obviously, it's, that's right, you pick Jesus. He's the the number one pick. Okay, then the other team gets a chance to pick. And uh, I think there's maybe some of these guys are relatively attractive as prayer pickers. Uh, But I just think... (laughs) I think from what I know at this point in the scriptures, I think Peter was the guy that was always picked last. Like he was, I don't know. So the the teaching point for today is we are also supposed to pick prayer teams, people for our prayer team, prayer friends to help bear our burdens because who wants to do this life alone? So how do you get prayer friends? It's like, let's say you're sitting there at home and you're listening to this and you don't have any prayer friends. Well, the way you you get prayer friends is you be a prayer friend. So the, the real question is, who are you a prayer friend to? And then guess what? Oh, by the way, uh, likely they and other people will be your prayer friend. Now, here's the problem is you only get to pick knuckleheads. You get to pick the Peters of the world to be on your prayer team, just like Jesus did. And Peter fails him. He falls asleep. And the rest of them, too. They all fall asleep. And then they do it out the Garden of Gethsemane, too. So don't be be disappointed. You're going to pick a knucklehead to be on your prayer team. That's just the way it is. And your job is not to worry about them being a knucklehead. Your job is to try not to be disappointing uh, to them. So I was wondering if Jesus was praying independently, but not really because they were... uh, they were able to see his face. They were able to hear his words. So they are uh, pretty 
uh, intimate and involved in this. And I think the teaching point behind that is it's not a solitary walk. You need a prayer team. Okay, let's go on. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. And my soundbite for that is to be altered at the altar. And I think when we see God, when we're intimate with God, uh, when we're connected in this way, we're supposed to change. So let's find out what happens when you get close to God, when you're intimate with God. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. His clothing became dazzling white. And then behold, two men were talking with him, talking to two men. So and they're identified so they don't lose their identity. It's Moses and Elijah, two bigwigs from uh, the Old Testament. Uh, Their masculinity somehow is, or their humanness is somehow still preserved. And then it says they appeared in glory, and then it tells you what they talked about, which is his departure, his his, uh, death, resurrection, suffering, mocking, spitting, flogging, killing, uh, which we kind of, talked about uh, yesterday in the podcast and then I loved this term turn of phrase here uh, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem so two things it says that these guys appeared in glory and absent the Lord obviously there is no such thing as glory I think glory my working definition it's a primary characteristic of God he's always been glorious he's always had glory uh, and he always will be glorious. Now, when he manifests it, when we see it, we call that that you, we see your glory or your glory is manifested. And then when we glorify the Lord, we say, Lord, I worship you because I have seen this, because I know this about you, because I see your creation, for, uh, perhaps. I, I worship you, and your glory has been revealed to me, and so I'm responding to it. And that's what it means, that I glorify you. So somehow these guys, Moses and Elijah, uh, are all full of uh, God juice, and uh, absent the Lord, this obviously can't happen. And then I find it so interesting what they talk about. They speak of his departure. And they say, basically, when are you coming home? Jesus came all the way down to the earth, to humanity, to suffering and the death. And he's got work to do. He's got something to accomplish. And he even tells us very specifically, it's going to happen in Jerusalem. He's already said that. Uh, So his death doesn't just happen. His death is accomplished. All right, so in conclusion today, number one, who are your prayer friends? And that basically is a question is who can you pray for and what can I pray for? Then the second thing is this agency that these guys have in heaven. I think this passage teaches us about what heaven is going to be. They have somehow a body, somehow humanity or masculinity. They have their identity. They have agency. They have conversation. They have communication. Uh, They stand. uh, I don't know if it's in today's passage, but they're standing. Uh, So... I think this passage tells us more about heaven than almost any other passage in the entire Bible. And then finally, this idea of accomplishment, that my, that that Jesus' death was accomplished. It was purposed. It was intentional. Uh, it had, again, it, it, it in itself had agency, and I think ours is too. Our life should be accomplished, not just, you know, happenstance. It should be done with some volition. So I encourage you, to get a prayer friend, to look forward to heaven. And before you get there, 
accomplish something. Amen. Love you, brothers and sisters. Thanks for listening.